may not always know why, but we know there is a why. There's always a purpose for whatever happens. Everything. There's a time. There's a season. There's a purpose. God called us on purpose. Anything that happens in your life happens on purpose. He orders our steps. So purpose. And so we can't see sometimes the reasoning behind, you know, these steps, doors that close, doors that opens, mistakes, slip-ups, trip-ups, whatever you want to call them in our lives. But God's always got a reason. And so I'm thankful. I, I'd rather the Lord let me fall flat on my face and, and get my attention than me just keep walking blindly into something that would be detrimental to me and maybe cause me to walk away from God. So sometimes it's, uh, you know, the Bible says, whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Sometimes he's just correcting your course. It's not always a whooping. It's a, I'm correcting your course. I'm trying to keep you where you need to be. So uh, anyway, I don't want to get to preaching tonight. You can be seated. Uh, thankful to be in the house of the Lord tonight. And um, there's a, one thing that um, I am extremely uh, glad about in this church is that we've always, you know, in some fashion anyway, reached for those that have, you know, walked away. We've always been welcoming to those, to prodigals and things like that. And then we, over the last couple of years, we've ramped it up a little bit and we, we started having prodigal prayer and prayer, our prayer jar here full of prodigal names and things. And, and actually even now, uh, I had, uh, felt like over the last few weeks that, um, I want to, us to try to develop our prodigal ministry even further. I don't know what that means. That's just what I thought. <laughs> there was nothing. It was a title. That was it. It was like, there's nothing in this book, Lord. <laughs> and so, but I feel like uh, that God's going to open a door for us to do that. Because if there's one great, great un, untapped asset in this world, it is prodigals I was I don't even remember maybe it might have been Sister Jessica and I somebody we were talking the other day I said you know you reach the lost someone who's never known the Lord you bring them in and there's a lot of discipleship got to happen a lot of teaching a lot of uh, things that they need to learn you know I said you bring a get a prodigal back in the house all he's got to do is clock back in he knows how to pray for people. He knows how to preach. He knows how to sing or how to play. He knows how to minister. You know, so it's, it's just there. It's just got to get back to, you know, the, the son didn't have to learn how to be a son again when he came home. He, uh, he just had to step back into that role. Um, and so if we can get him back into that role, my, my, there's an army uh, waiting for us. So, uh, Tonight, Sister Jessica is going to share with us what she shared in South Africa. She she did do a session. They had uh, it was about prodigals there, and the Lord really moved and blessed. They had, uh, I think, two receive the Holy Ghost for the first time. One prodigal pray back through, and and she's going to tell you about all that. I don't want to uh, take everything that she's going to tell, but uh, we we wanted her to share that with us because all of God's people all the church should have a burden for prodigals that may not mean that you're going to host your own individual prodigal ministry but uh, praying for them interceding for them is uh, on all of us and so um, I pray that the Lord will open this door that we're wanting to see a greater production of prodigals coming home and, I, and I'm sure there's other churches doing this too I, I don't think the Lord's just laid it on our heart but as a movement across this world I'd love to see people coming back home to the Lord I know there's a great falling away coming but I also want to see a great homecoming and so uh, I believe that uh, God's people are a catalyst for that so 
Um, so tonight we asked that Sister Jessica if she would share that, and she's going to share some things maybe that she saw in South Africa, how it ministered to her, what she saw, what it meant. And uh, we'd love to hear from our young people when they've been somewhere like that and, and experienced those things. So tonight, uh, Sister Jessica, come on. We're proud of this young lady, our prayer coordinator. God sent us a, a little jewel when he sent us this, this little girl right here. And we appreciate her very much and what she does. We love you. Praise the Lord, church. Um, I'm so thankful to be in the house of God tonight. So thankful to be in Athens tonight. Um, I do want to give honor to my pastor and his wife. Um, I love them so very much. Um, so much. I would, God only knows what or where I would be without them. So they have been a great asset to my life, and I just cannot thank them enough. And um, if you have not allowed yourself to grow close to them or to be mentored by them, you are doing yourself a great disservice, and I would encourage all of you to um, just grow close to them. Um, so uh, I went to South Africa. It was amazing. Um, and something that was most impactful to me while I was there was just how the people celebrated living for the Lord. Um, it was just, to them, it, it was the best thing ever. Um, they have so little, and they work with so little, um, but to them, living for God was the best thing ever. And so um, I'm not a singer, but I do want to, to share, share a song with y'all that I learned there. Um, it's in Zulu. Um, <laughs> Candy was like, you have to do this. So, um, so if y'all would just... Uh, back me up. The The song says, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one like him. I've searched far and wide. I've searched high and low. There's no one like Jesus. Okay. So here it goes. Ageko ofana na Jesu. Ageko ofana na ye. Ageko ofana na Jesu. Ageko ofana na ye. Asuna aswana na Jesu, asuna aswana na ye. Asuna aswana na Jesu, asuna aswana na ye. Ahuna na ole ole, ajikulu oh oh, amikuma Jesu wa. Ahuna aswana na ye. So, so that's the gist of it. That's the gist of the song. Um, and that's the first time I've ever sang in front of people. And that was terrifying. So um, congrats to everybody who gets up here and does it every week. That was, y'all are great. Um, so um, <laughs> on to, um, to, to the important part. Um, I was asked to, to share my heart for the prodigals in South Africa. And so um, I did that. And something that um, we've done in prodigal prayer on, on Sundays, um, every, the last Sunday of every month, we um, take all the names out of the jar. And we get here early. And we take all the names out. And we read them. And um, the last time we did it, the Lord impressed upon me for us to um, just repent collectively um, not that every not not that we were like involved in some awful sin. It was just something I felt led of the Lord to do. So I did. We did that in Africa, and Brother Green said that the Holy Ghost spoke to him when we did that, and said the reason um, why it is effective is because we are coming to God from the same place that the prodigals are. Um, and so, if we could just all just repent together um, before I go into the lesson, Jesus, we love you. I ask that you would cleanse each and every one of us today, Lord. Cleanse our hearts, our minds, and our spirits. Jesus, I pray that you would make us ready to receive your word. God, help us love these prodigals from your heart. Help us see them the way that you see them. Help us love them the way that you love them today, Lord. I pray that you would touch each and every heart and mind that is in this house tonight. In Jesus' name, God, we give you honor and glory in advance. We magnify your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's right. You just clap your hands to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm um, just going to read one verse of Scripture. It's Luke 15 and 20. I'm um, talking about the Father. 
It says, and he arose and came to his father. Actually, it's talking about the, the son coming home. But the, the verse to me um, speaks of the father, so that's why I wanted to share it. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a, gr- a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. So a prodigal, uh, by definition, is somebody who is wastefully extravagant. It could be, um, I, I've shared this before in our prodigal prayer. There's actually three prodigals in, in that parable, um, but I, w- I won't go into all that. But um, the prodigals that we want to focus on are those who are far from God, um, that there's, there's literally a gap in the spirit between them and God. And so the greatest help that we can be um, to these prodigals is by praying and fighting in the spirit. You will reach a prodigal in prayer before you reach them in conversation. And I believe that, that both needs to be done. I believe there needs to be a reaching in the natural and in the spirit. Um, but prayer is how we plow up the soil of their hearts before we attempt to plant seeds in conversation. So in order for us to properly combat um, what these prodigals are bound by, we must first understand what it is that has them bound. Um, otherwise, we'll just be like swinging in the dark. And so um, you could, I feel like you could talk for hours about um, prodigals and, and how to reach them, the things that they fight. Um, but as I was asking the Lord to, to lead me into what to say, um, he gave me some specific spirits to pray against. Um, deception is the first one. It's how they're led away, and it's what keeps them out. Our prodigals face a tremendous amount of deception. In the beginning, the enemy convinces them that they are missing out. He convinces them that the grass truly is greener living in the world, and he sells this great life and great idea of freedom. And as soon as people buy into it, his tactic changes. It's the same spirit, but it's a different attack. And so... Now this spirit of deception bombards the mind of the prodigal with lies like you'll never be able to go back and no one in the church even misses you or even notices that you're gone. And if they do, they definitely don't want you back. Um, So for us to combat the deception, we loose the spirit of truth. We speak and declare the word of God over these prodigals. and as I was praying, God gave me scriptures and, and told me some of the lies that our prodigals face. And um, so the lie is that God doesn't love them anymore. But Jeremiah 31 and 3 says, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, loving kindness have I drawn thee. Um, another lie is that they can never be fully restored, that they're too damaged. But Jeremiah 3, 22 and 30 and 17 says, there will be healing in the return and God will heal every wound. The enemy would tell our prodigals that they can never fully know God like they did before. But Jeremiah 24 and 7 says that God will give them a heart to know him when they return to him with their whole heart. And so the only way... For us to overcome the deception of the enemy is by the truth of God's word. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. This word is the word of our testimony. This is how we overcome the forces of darkness opposing our prodigals. This is how we cast down um, every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And this is how we cast down the vain imaginations that present themselves as truth to our prodigals. And so... In the natural, that's in the spirit, but in the natural, when we see our prodigals in our services or out and about in town, we need to greet them and welcome them like they've never left. Um, we don't want to suffocate them or bombard them, but we do need to verbalize our love and excitement to see them and let them know that they've been missed. And even after service or later after seeing them, um, it's good to check in on them just to let them know how good it was to see them. Um, I have seen that it makes a world of difference when we do our part just in reaching out um, because the enemy would convince them that they're not important at all. Excuse me one second, sorry. So the next spirit that I felt was largely attacking our prodigals is self-condemnation and shame. Um, And I've shared this before in prodigal prayer, but in my mind, I view condemnation like sitting in a prison cell with no door attached to it. And Jesus is just standing in the doorway and he says, he's telling the prodigals, I am your way out and I am your escape. Um, I am the door, but the prodigals 
can't see or hear that um, because they have like buried their heads in shame. And so um, we want to pray for God's love to overflow on them, that they would understand that condemnation is not of God, that he did not come to condemn, as John 3.17 says, but he came that we might be saved. So we pray for a fresh revelation of God's love to saturate every part of the prodigal's being, their heart, their mind, their soul, and their spirit. Um, Hopelessness is is another spirit that um, grips our prodigals. Many prodigals believe that there is no hope or future for them. Um, There's almost like a despair that comes over them when they think of where they're at, and they feel way too far gone. But hopelessness can be destroyed through intercessory prayer, and that's our role. Um, That's how we stand at the road and wait. Um, And since they are in a place where they don't think that they can even reach God, we must have hope for them. Um, Our intercession is their hope. Um, there was a man on, on my trip, I was talking to him about prodigals, and um, he said, God can send ministering angels out, but a lot of times um, he wants to use us. So um, we know, and I'm moving quickly, um, so we know what prodigals are, some things they face, and who we are called to be in their lives. Um, but what is necessary from the intercessor When praying for prodigals, Um, compassion and mercy, we've got to be willing to overlook their faults just as Jesus overlooked and continually overlooks ours. Um, We've got to reach for them in prayer. If we don't have compassion towards them, we won't make a difference. And without compassion and mercy, it will be difficult to even linger long enough um, in the presence of God to enter into intercession. We won't be in the right mental or spiritual state for God to use us. There's got to be an expectation. Um, Faith is absolutely necessary. We've got to believe that God is a rewarder of them that, that diligently seek after him. We've got to believe that God is able and he is willing. Um, It will always be God's will for the lost to be saved. And so we have that freedom to speak what we are believing God for. Um, God called Abraham a father before it was a reality. And in the fourth chapter of Romans, um, Paul says, Abraham considered not his own body, which is so powerful to me because that's something that Abraham lived in every day. Like day and night, he woke up with it and went to sleep with it. But he considered not what um, he lived in every day. He considered not his own body. And in the same sense, we can't consider the struggles or the sin our prodigals may be wrapped up in because... As we pray for these prodigals um, and God begins to bring them to the end of themselves, it will not be pretty. Um, Sometimes it may look like uh, them walking into some dark stuff or refusing truth, or sometimes it may even be um, them showing up to the house of God still drunk or still intoxicated by the things that they've been involved in. Um, sometimes restoration is a process, and we've got to understand that and be merciful in their process um, to these prodigals because the enemy will try to stop and discourage us in every way possible, including making what we see in the natural so unbearable that we just want to give up. Um, Another thing that I want us to understand is that we will face, and anybody who's been in prodigal prayer... um, knows this if if you've interceded for the prodigals on the Sunday you know you know this um there's a mental opposition um there's self-condemnation and deception that comes against us as we pray for the prodigals um and that's why knowing your identity in Christ is vital um you'll feel a dryness and a frustration in prayer um the enemy will try to suffocate you with fear but we can't succumb to any of it we have to rise up in our god-given authority plead the blood of jesus and keep pressing in prayer and then we'll break through to a level of faith that we haven't experienced yet um we'll be able to speak with boldness and declare things in faith over our prodigals so in order for us to be the intercessors that god desires for us to be we've got to let go of how the prodigals have hurt us when we left when they left excuse me Um, If Abraham would have held on to the hurt of Lot leaving, he wouldn't have been able to stand before the Lord on Lot's behalf. And you see, our role is not as the older brother. 
um, but as the Father. We are the hands and feet of Christ. And as his hands and feet, we've got to be outstretched, expectantly waiting for their return, just as the Father was. I don't believe that the Father just happened to be looking down the road that day. I believe he went out every day, sometimes overlooking his responsibilities, waiting on his son's return. Um, the younger son had been working with swine, which left him ritually unclean, and anyone who were to touch him would have been made unclean. And as soon as the father wraps his arms around the son, the son says, I'm not worthy to be called thy son. Um, the father completely ignores that statement and speaks to his servants and says, bring me the best robe you can find, kill the fatted calf, cover my son again, feed him, give him provision, he's back, let's restore him. Um, there was no trial run. There was no period of proving himself. He didn't have to stay sober X amount of days to be welcomed back in the house. The father met him where he was at without concern of making himself unclean, without concern for the lost inheritance, or without concern for the shame that his son felt because the mercy of the father overshadowed all of that. Um, and so our prodigals fight things that we will never understand without having been in their shoes. Um, so no matter how many times they come and leave, may we be ready to receive them and to love them again. And may we be ready to love them like they've never left and like they've never disrespected or disappointed us. And may we as a church be so full of love and mercy that it completely overshadows their shame. And I'm not belittling our hurts because it does hurt when they leave. It's painful. I can't imagine... Um, pastoring for as long as as y'all have and seeing the people leave and, and stuff like that. So I'm not belittling that, but our hurt is not more important than their salvation. And the father's farm has to be a place of refuge for the wayward sons and daughters because I can only imagine that if the prodigal son had not found what he was seeking in his father's house or if his father would not have accepted him, he would have went right back into the world. Um, lastly, um, James 5 and 16 says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Another translation says, The insistent prayer of the righteous person is powerfully effective. And so if I understand that my prayers are powerful, I don't want God looking to me wondering why there's not an intercessor for my lost family um, or for the people that have walked away from our church. And I don't want God looking to me wondering why there's no intercessor for the lost coins that are slowly slipping to the cracks in our church. I know that we have responsibilities and marriages and families and things to take care of, but God forbid that we get so busy in the field that we forget about those in the pig pen. And I'm not trying to beat anybody up because I understand that we have responsibilities, but judgment is coming for our prodigals. Um, and my desire is for us to live in the reality of eternity and to walk in the responsibility of our intercession. Um, there's two things that I want us to understand. Um, the hope of the prodigal is directly tied to our willingness to intercede, and God will not leave us unprotected in the battle. Um, it is a battle, no doubt, and we are, we're, not fly, we're not fighting flesh and blood. We are going up against spirits and wickedness in high places. Um, and we must gird up our loins and take on the whole armor of God and enter into the battle, understanding that God will not leave us or forsake us. We are His. Uh, we are His people, washed in His blood, filled with His spirit, and charged with His mission. And when you understand all that God is, Redeemer, Defender, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Alpha and Omega, the Resurrected Savior, um, Creator of it all. And, e and even still, He's so much more than all of that. And so when you understand who He is, and then when you realize that all that He is dwells within me, dwells within us, because we have His Spirit living within us, then we need to understand that we can be attacked, but we cannot be defeated. That's a fact. God cannot lose, and he is within you. So don't back down. Don't draw back. You are victorious. You are more than a conqueror. The opposition that we face when we pray for these prodigals is an indication that we are headed in the right direction. 
Um, so don't be alarmed when the forces of hell stand up against us or our families or our marriages. When we intercede, we invade the camp of the enemy, and he doesn't like that, so he's going to fight back. Um, but greater is he that is in me than he is th- that is in the world. He's greater than fear. He's greater than doubt. He's greater than shame. He's greater than the, the attack on our churches. He's greater than the opposition that we face. Thank you, Jesus. Our prodigals may be bound, but Ezekiel 18 and 4 says that all souls are his. We are the hands and feet of Jesus, but we, are also, we also need to allow him to use us as his mouthpiece and start possessing things in the spirit again. These prodigals are ours because we are his. The father in Luke 15 told the older brother, everything I have is yours. So if it's his, then it's mine. And if it's his, then it's ours for the taking. We can go forth in the spirit with boldness, power, and authority and possess and take back things that have been stolen from us or stolen from our church. If you'll stand with me, please. There is hope for our prodigals. There is healing. There is deliverance. There is freedom and liberty, and it will come through our intercession. So today, I'm wondering, who will call it down from heaven? Who will cry out for those who are hurting, for those who are in the pig pen? Who will stand in the gap? Who is the prodigal in our lives, in our family? Who is praying for them if we're not? Who's reaching for them? If we're not, let's just go to Lord in prayer. Jesus, today, Lord, I pray that you would help us. God, help us reach for these prodigals the way that you do, Lord. God, I pray that our hearts would be knit together with yours, that we would reach for them the way that you do, Lord. Help us receive this tonight, Jesus. I want to open these altars up. If it's been a while that you've prayed for your prodigals in your life, I want to invite you to come to the altar and intercede for them, to pray for them.
I know we've got a little time. We're still kind of early this evening. And since it's Wednesday night, is not usually our biggest crowd. We've got room to do this. But I really, really feel like God's going to use this church in, in this ministry of, of reaching prodigals. And, um, you know, I, I want to do my part. I want to know how to do my part. Um, I, I wish that everyone that would tonight would come and try to stand in the front altar area tonight as a church and, and just going to be get kind of close for a minute. If, if you're claustrophobic, get toward the edge so you don't feel like you're shut in. And Sister Jessica, where, you, where is Sister Jessica? Pick, let's get the prodigal jar and hold on to it. We're not just going to have prodigal prayer. We're going to we're going to pray for us. There's one thing that um, the Scripture teaches us concerning those that are in error or have walked away is that some you will save by pulling them out of the fire. Others, it's going to be by having compassion, and on some it says having compassion making a difference. That's one thing that, um, you know, to say we love people is, is great, and we may mean that, but to have compassion is to put that in action and to, to minister to the need. The, you know, the Good Samaritan, he saw the guy that was wounded by the road, and he had compassion on him, so he took just what he had, and he said I, he poured his oil into his wounds. He used his bandages or whatever to bind him up. He used his money to pay for the stay. He, but he had compassion. It was an outward expression. Uh, uh, it was a lifeline to this guy. It saved this guy's life. And so a, a lot of our prodigals are in that uh, place where they are in need of someone to not pass by. They're in need of somebody that will stop and say, hey, you know, everybody finds himself in need of help sometime, and I, I'm just not going to leave this person without something. I've got something. Let me tell you, you and I have something that we can give. We've got something that we can use to minister. And so I want to be like the Lord. There's a scripture in Isaiah when Sister Jessica was talking about how the prodigals feel, they're deceived. They think that uh, nobody wants them, nobody loves them, nobody thinks about them. And, and even Israel in Isaiah 48, when the Lord was, was telling them to sing and come back and come forth, they, they said, no, we're forsaken. And the Lord answered them right back and he said, can a woman forget the child that she has birthed and the child that she has nursed? And then he answered and said, they may forget he said, but I will never forget. And so um, I want to be like the Lord, that when these people feel like there's nothing, there's nobody, there's no hope, I want to be like the Lord and say, oh, no, there's somebody, there's somewhere, there's a place. And, uh, you know, we may, we may go through trial and error getting it right, but we're going to be striving to reach people and, and see them back in the house of the Lord. So I want to pray that a spirit of compassion will fall on us. And that an anointing of compassion will fall on us. Would you lift your hands and say, Lord, I want to receive that tonight. I want to have greater compassion. Lord, tonight I know that it's important to you that these prodigals be reached. I know that it's important to you, Lord, that they know you have not forgotten them. Tonight, Lord, let a spirit of compassion fall fresh in this church. Let it fall on every individual, God, that they would call out on your name in intercession and that they would reach out to those that have walked away and, and show them love and mercy. Lord, that they would remind them of the Father's house and how good it is, God. Let compassion be new once again in this house, in every individual, God. Let us get over every hurt. Let us get over every heartache. Let us get over everything tonight, God. And Lord, let us love the prodigal. Let us love them and watch for them and pray for them and intercede for them till they come home. In the name of Jesus, let it be done. Come on, clap your hands and shout to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What you pray matters.
Sing that through one more time, baby. Lift your hands one time and worship the Lord. I want you to get it, though. scripture without a vision the people perish and I know that we preach that to ourselves like you got to have a vision of yourself coming out you got to have a vision of yourself but it's like the Lord said but if you don't have a vision of them coming home if if you don't have a vision of them being saved coming out of their sin if you can't get a vision of them and maybe even get a vision of them where they are and realize that, you know, they may say, hey, I'm living it up. But, but you, you watching, you're, you're just watching them dwindle away. You know that they're wishing that things were better. They're wishing that they could get back. They're, they're hoping and, and they're just wanting somebody to reach them. And, and so I, I think that, Lord, give us a vision for the lost, for the prodigal. Give us a vision for them, Lord, to, to see them walking into this house with their hands lifted up to see them on their face before you once again, Lord. Give us a vision of them praying through again, Lord, and give us a vision of them preaching the gospel once again and singing in the choir, playing music, God, teaching classes, evangelizing, whatever it is, God, whatever they were, God, bring them back to it. Give us a vision of that. I've got a, a, a young, I call him a young man, he's younger than I am. I, I still feel young, so I, I guess we're still young. But there was a, a guy that helped me tremendously when I came into the church. He was prayed with me every altar service. I mean, we were the last two in the altars every service. I mean, it was just, I was praying for the Holy Ghost, praying, you know, just wanting more of God. And he would stay right with me, encouraged me, always there. I mean, he's always there. And he could preach and teach God's Word. He was tremendous and but he doesn't serve the lord right now he's he doesn't go to church anywhere and he uh, i don't know uh, you know much of what he does except I, I know he i know he drives a truck and he comes past our church but it's always late at night he delivers for like kroger's so he's um he's he, he actually messaged me he said hey i just went by your church and um i'd love to see him i want to I want to see him preach again. I want to hear him preach again. I want, I want to see him back in the pulpit. I want to see him restored and living for God. And, and so I've just got to get a vision of that. I got, uh, no more driving past it. I got a vision of him pulling in. Get a vision of him pull, turning in, you know, and, and coming back. And uh, I feel like he was instrumental in, in solidifying my faith back in those days. And, I'd love to see him back in the house of the Lord, standing in, standing right here. He's preached over this pulpit, not just when it was in the Millstead Church, but when it was in that church. 
And I'd love to see him come back and preach the word of God again. So I know we have all got somebody. So get a vision of them and have compassion on them. And, and, and you know, God sent an angel to kick them out of bed and make them realize uh, it might, you might be the angel. You know, sometimes it says we entertain angels unawares. It's we didn't realize that that person at that point was an angel in our life that spoke a word of faith to us. And so you might just be that angel. You never know. Speak a word of faith. Show some love and mercy to somebody. And let's see a great revival of prodigals. Uh, if it's, I mean, that, that's got to be. It, it's got to be. I mean, he, we didn't, he didn't give us the name restoration for no reason. Come on, come on. You know, uh, it, that it's, restoration is for people to be made new again. <laughs> And so it's got to be, that's got to be part of what we do. It's, it's, got, it's got to be. So I feel like God's about to open that door. And so let's be in prayer, much prayer for that as we get ready to see. And then we're going to have to enlarge. We're going to have to buy some chairs or do something so that these people, we can accommodate the influx of prodigals that will, will come home in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for that tonight. Let's pray together. Take somebody by the hand. Let's pray together. Oh, we receive it tonight, God. Lord, we receive a vision of prodigals coming back to the house of the Lord. Use us, Lord, as vessels, hallelujah, of restoration, of reconciliation. And Lord, we receive tonight, Lord, the word that was spoken. And Lord, we're going to be ministers of your truth and of your love and of your mercy to those that have walked away. We're going to have compassion on somebody and make a difference, God. And Tonight, Lord, we're going to lead a counterattack against the enemy. We're going to take back what the enemy's stolen. Lord, we're going to preach deliverance. We're going to preach the opening of the prison doors. God, we're going to preach it. Hallelujah. We're going to speak restoration and new life back in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Give the Lord a hand tonight. Hallelujah. Thankful. Thankful for it. Thankful. Yes, ma'am. You can. Come here. Church, I just wanted to tell you, don't ever give up on praying on your family. Yeah. Ever, ever. Today, I got a phone call, and there's some things that's going on in my family. But I'm telling you, I have stood in the gap for so long. I, I know God's going to do it. Yeah. But Brother Green has spoke to me the other week, and I know it is happening. But I'm going to tell you. Everybody that's here tonight, I can see your faces. God has gave me this vision of me standing on this platform. And it's hit me just as I was standing there tonight. Hit me. But I'm going to tell you, God is fixing to open up some doors. And if we can be bold and we can have the faith and we can believe it, it is going to happen. But another thing today after this phone call, God told me, he said, you go get a handkerchief. And I want it to be anointed tonight. And you take it to this person because they are going to hold it and they're going to carry it with them. I am dealing with them and I am bringing them back. This is my family members. And you cannot tell me that if you don't get on your face and you pray and you seek God, that he will not do it. Because I know in the name of Jesus, they are walking through this door and we're going to see a revival in this last day like never before and you claim it and you believe it God speak it speak it brother green said speak it believe it and don't be afraid to talk to them don't be afraid let him open that door and let you be the vessel that you need to be in the name of Jesus Oh, he'll do it. The Lord will do it. Hallelujah. Bring them back home. Open those doors. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we receive it. 
Open those doors, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Don't ever, ever, ever think that someone's too far gone. They're never too far gone. They can be far away. Maybe a mighty long way. The Bible says that even us who are sometimes far off. I was always pretty close to the Lord. Man, one step away is too far away. He said far off. So far off that we weren't even recognized as a people. And so people can get to a place where I don't even recognize you anymore. But God still recognizes them. And so just keep pulling them closer, Lord, till I can tell who it is. Keep pulling them closer. Keep bringing them back, God. Keep putting them back together till we can tell who it is. God will do that. Praise the Lord. You said you got a cloth for us to pray for. Let's anoint this and let's all pray a prayer of faith over this cloth together. Some of you ladies come in right here with Sister Barbara tonight. Tonight in the name of Jesus. We're believing you're going to work this out, God. We believe you're going to touch this individual. Be with them, God. Oh, in the name of Jesus, by faith. Lord, we send this cloth believing that miracles are on the way. Jesus, by your mighty power. Hallelujah. Touch him in Jesus' name. Touch him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's get ready to see them come home, folks. Let's get ready to see somebody come back. And even if it's not here, that you'll get that phone call that they're back wherever they, you know, if it's somewhere else, as long as they get back into the house of the Lord. And so I, I believe God's going to show us the results of our prayer and and the, he's going to reward that, that compassion and intercession that we're having toward people. So don't give up on them. Because I tell you, somebody prayed for us. And you think, well, I never walked away. Somebody prayed for you and it, it helped keep you steady. We never do it all on our own. It takes it's somebody else speaking into your life, mentoring you, having compassion on you, being a friend to you. Just, you know. Whatever it was that, that kept you, made you come back one more time until finally you realize this is what I'm going to do. I'm thankful for people that people of God in our life tonight. All right. Good. Thank you, Sister Jessica. We appreciate that tonight. I'm thankful for our, our young people, young men and young women who have just got a call on their life and are going to do great things for the Lord. and. And I tell you, it's going to be amazing uh, as we watch these young people step into ministries and, and just doing great things for the Lord. We're excited for them. So pray for our young people. Pray for our old people. Pray for our church. Pray for everybody. Just pray. <laughs> and let's see God do some great things. Um, don't forget VBS is coming up. Uh, Sister Amber, did you see those flyers? They got them all right. They, so... Um, I know that next week will be really busy. We will not have service next Wednesday night because we have VBS on Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. So um, we're going to be getting ready Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We'll be uh, busy around here getting ready. So if you'd like to come by and volunteer, help, clean, shine things up, put things together, whatever it is we've got to do, uh, all hands on deck would be good. So... Uh, it's going to be a great time. Invite somebody, bring some kids with you, whatever you need to do. But we're going to have a good time in the Lord. And Sunday we'll be here ready to have revival. If the Lord don't get us first, then we're going to have some great church in here on Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. So pray fast, get ready for service, and let's see God do some great things. Amen? God bless you tonight. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. <laughs>